You are listening to Ragtime Explosion. Part four, a little bit of jazz and some detective work. Hello, I'm Darren Gordon and we are going to have a quick peek at the Lawrence Welk Show, watched by 30 million Americans in 1978. Here is the host introducing Big Tiny Little Junior, what a stage name, with his version of Maple Leaf Frag. And let's continue the Dodge Dancing Party, this time with Big Tiny Little Junior, the Maple Leaf Frag. What do you think? Do you like Big Tiny Little Junior's new version? Maybe, after all, it doesn't matter how Scott Joplin wanted his piece to be played. Indeed, members of the jury, for exhibit two, I would like to make the case that the speed of the piece must be decided by the pianist and not the composer. It's helpful here to put Joplin on a historical scale. Before ragtime, there was classical music where the focus was on the composer and that's still the focus of today's traditional classical music. Daniel Barenboim caresses the notes of Chopin's nocturnes. Lang Lang pours passion into Rachmaninoff's piano concertos. But both these brilliant pianists strive to express the composer and they definitely don't add any extra notes to the score. Then comes Ragtime and Joplin. He says, My works have been harmonised with the supposition that each note will be played as it is written. But his raggedy right hand felt much more adventurous than earlier classical music, and pianists felt liberated to start experimenting with his music, for example, by playing it fast or adding twiddly bits here and there. After Joplin came the jazz pianists, Let's start with Fat Swaller. Listen to his amazing left hand. It's a turbo-boosted version of Joplin's Oompa Oompa and creates the illusion that he's being accompanied by a drummer and a bass player. of keys from 1929 see that his right hand is more exciting and spontaneous than Joplin's but still sticking close to the melody. I also want us to focus on the character that Fats brings to the piano. His playful even naughty personality was the polar opposite of Joplin's seriousness. His character oozes all over his melody. Here he is again in 1939, complaining, tongue-in-cheek, that his partner's feet are just too big. Say, up in Harlem, at a table for two, there were four of us, me, your big feet and you. From your ankle up, I'll say you sure are sweet. From that down, there's just too much feet. Yes, your feet's too big. By turbo-boosting Joplin's left hand and right hand and adding a giant dollop of character, 
Fat Swaller takes ragtime into the world of jazz. After Fat Swaller comes the king of improvisation, Art Tatum. Improvising is about taking the basic structure of the piece and playing around with it to express yourself. And it's so flexible that you don't even have to plan for your musical interpretation. You just make it up as you go along. A tale is told that one night God was in town. That was what the other musicians called Art Tatum. He was that good. And just inside the club's entrance stood Vladimir Horovitz, one of the greatest ever classical pianists. He was in disguise, so he wouldn't be disturbed. Horovitz had heard about Tatum's legendary all-nighters and wanted to see for himself. After a long night, Horovitz left amazed. He couldn't believe his eyes or his ears and he returned many times to hear the master improviser. Horowitz was inspired to create his own arrangement of T for Two, a jazz standard, and eventually managed to play it to Tatum. Tatum returned the favour and played his interpretation for Horowitz. Horowitz just loved Tatum's version and asked him, where can I get that score? Tatum replied with a twinkle in his eye. You can't get it anywhere, he said. I just made it up. So here is Tatum's interpretation of T for Two from 1944. He improvises so much that the original melody is pretty tricky to spot. And so, members of the jury, I know I made the case to play Maple Leaf Rag slowly in line with Scott Joplin's directions, but I have changed my mind and hopefully yours too. Maple Leaf Rag is on the cusp of the jazz era, so it's entirely appropriate to play around with it a bit and bring your character to the fore. You can add twiddly bits and play it as fast or as slow as you like. But don't make your mind up until you hear Exhibit 3. Exhibit number three. How fast did Joplin play Maple Leaf Rag? We know what he said about his music. It is never right to play ragtime fast. But did he practice what he preached? Now here, we need to use some clever detective work. You will find lots of piano recordings labelled Scott Joplin playing Maple Leaf Frag or Scott Joplin himself. But can we trust, beyond reasonable doubt, that these are really him playing? And I can tell you now, definitively, that there are no audio recordings of Joplin playing Maple Leaf Frag. And by recordings, I mean a microphone recording the sound coming out of the piano that he is playing. Remember, we are talking about the early 1900s and the technology to record pianos was at its infancy. What we do have are some piano rolls of his playing. So this is how a piano roll works. The pianist sits down at a special piano which contains a long strip of rolled up paper wrapped around a spool which winded on as the pianist plays. Each time the pianist plays a note, a punching machine makes marks or holes in the paper, 
corresponding to that note. The piano roll is then extracted and taken to a pianola, which is one of those self-playing pianos you might have seen. The pianola reads the piano roll and the keys go up and down, playing the music without anyone sitting at the piano. There are eight piano rolls of Scott Joplin, three of which are maple leaf rag. Here is an extract from piano roll number one. However, upon close investigation, we can see evidence of editing on this piano roll. After it was made, a technician from the record label made changes by manually filling in holes, rubbing out marks and making new ones. He was clearly trying to make the piano roll recording perfect and getting rid of any errors made by the pianist. For example, every note is exactly in the place it should be. If in the score, six notes across the keyboard are supposed to be played at the same time and for the same length of time, that's exactly what the piano roll shows. If it's a note that's supposed to last, say, two beats, it lasts exactly two beats. No pianist is capable of playing this neatly, this mathematically correct, not even Rachmaninoff. And this makes us suspicious that there are other changes too, for example, to the speed. It would be very easy to increase the tempo of the piano roll to whatever speed the executives of the record label fancied. So we can't rely on piano roll number one. On to the second roll. This was found in the mislabeled box of wax cylinders sold on eBay. The recording is severely damaged. Have a listen. However, with the wonders of technology, this recording has been cleaned up and now sounds like this. Quite fast, eh? And if you have particularly keen ears, you might have spotted that this is the version I've been using to introduce most of this podcast episodes. It is our 1916 recording, but I ask you, can we trust it? Do we know for sure that it's Joplin? And if it was Joplin, which does seem likely, has the piano roll been changed, particularly at speed? Hmm. Finally, here is piano roll three. Note the poor quality of the playing. This piano roll looks to be largely unedited. So why does the playing sound a bit sloppy? It's because Joplin is terribly ill. His finger coordination was poor and he had the tremors. These were the symptoms of the syphilis which killed him in 1917, only 10 months after he made this recording. So this is certainly not a recording that Scott Joplin would want to be remembered for. And so, in summary, you will have noted that all these recordings feel quicker than the slow speed demanded by Joplin in his directions. But we can't validate these recordings. We can't be sure that they accurately reflect Joplin's playing speed. And therefore, members of the jury, I ask you to disregard this evidence and for the court to strike Exhibit 3 from the record. You have been listening to Ragtime Explosion.
Doo-bee-dee-bee-dee-bee-bee-dee-bee-dee-bee.